Mother words I speak and the words we hear be your words of life to us, our God. Amen. So COVID's back in our midst. It's been kind of lurking on the edges for a while, but um, here we are yet again. And I wonder how you're all responding to that. For some, I know it's not a lot of diff- not, a lot, not a lot different from normal. Uh, for others, it offers a welcome rest, a time to return to a slower way of being for a few days. And I've got to say, in many ways, I'm welcoming that. For others, well, it's a time of added stress. And I'm thinking of all those who work in essential services who are trying to make this time work. And I'm especially mindful of those who work in the health and the medical professions, uh, uh, even uh, and who, are, even if they're not particularly busy with COVID patients, are having to rethink how they do things. Um, I've had to go to the um, doctor's surgery a couple of times in the last week because I came off my bike and uh, it's very different how we go there and it's very stressful for the people working there so I'm mindful of those particularly in our parish who work as doctors and I'm also mindful of those with children at home trying to make all this work especially those who are trying to make that work while trying to work at home and for teachers who are trying to work out once again how to teach online And then there are those who just find this to be a hard and stressful and lonely time. So I want to start by acknowledging all of those responses and to say that if you need help, please ask. And as I read our readings for the Sunday, well, I kind of honestly have to say that they didn't seem to offer a lot of help. I mean, the First Testament reading from uh, 1 Kings is all about Solomon and the temple and talking about holy places on a Sunday when we can't go to our holy place. We can't go to our church at St. George's. And the gospel comes from that part of John, which is as close to Eucharistic teaching as you can get in John. John 6, the bread of life, all about Jesus, the living bread, uh, on a Sunday when we can't receive communion. So it all just seems unhelpful, really. But despite that, I thought I might offer a couple of thoughts. Surprise, surprise. I mean, the first thing I want to just note is the kind of community that John's gospel came out of. Um, And as an aside, uh, I'm I'm currently reading a book called Sagalands, which is about um, the Icelandic sagas, which are an enormously important piece of Icelandic of uh, medieval literature. Uh, Basically, everything we know about the Norse gods and the Viking sagas comes from Iceland. And uh, so it's two Australians who are writing this book, and one of them was born in Iceland, and he's an academic who studied the sagas. And he made this really interesting comment. He wanted to go back to Iceland to go to the communities out of which these sagas came from. Now, each one of these sagas has a name an author attributed to it. But these sagas were were kind of given birth by their communities. And as he said that, I went, well, that's how our gospels came to be, really. Like we have the gospel of John, and uh, we say that John wrote his gospel, and we even say that John wrote his gospel for his community. But in many ways, what John was doing was writing down stories that had been kept alive by his community. 
and had been reshaped and retold repeatedly by his community to meet their needs. So while John was the one who wrote, whoever John was, who wrote down the gospel and who gave it its final shape, in many ways, it was his community that gave that gospel birth in the way that they remembered those stories and retold those stories. And so when we think about John's gospel, we also have to think about the community out of which that gospel came out of. And this was a community that uh, was under huge stress. They had witnessed the fall of Jerusalem and the destruction of the temple. And we can't underestimate how stressful and cataclysmic that was for them. Um, They had been a Jewish sect and now they were cast out of mainstream Judaism and out of the synagogues and their sense of identity was under threat. And now they were being persecuted by the Romans as atheists. And we know from the letters of John uh, at the end of the New Testament, which are understood to come out of that same community, that this was a community that was suffering serious conflict. And like the disciples in today's story, many of the disciples within John's community had left. Life was hard. It was unexpected and it was very uncertain. Which sounds a little bit like the times that we are living through today for us as a church, for our world and for us as individuals and our communities. Life is hard. It's unexpected and it's still very uncertain. And this gospel was to remind and encourage John's fellow disciples and it's written to remind and encourage us today. It reminds us that God is in our midst. At the heart of John's gospel is this clear message that God is in our midst. So that's that's the first thing. The second thing is to think about what this word disciple means, because, well, we're all disciples and we're disciples in this uncertain time. And the word disciple is a little bit tricky because for many people it's come to mean someone who believes certain things about God. But in the Bible, disciples were people who served. How they lived their life more than what they believed marked them as disciples. On Friday, for those of us who prayed the morning prayer, um, our gospel reading for that day was from Matthew, Matthew 22. And uh, it was uh, Jesus' summary of the law. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your being and with all your mind. And you must love others, your neighbors, as yourself. To be a disciple is to love God and to love our neighbors. To be a disciple is to love. So who are we to love during this time and how? And some of that might sound like hard work. Clearly, for some of the disciples in the story and in John's community, it was incredibly hard work and they gave up. They walked away. It was too hard. And so John's community offers this gospel with its clear message. God is in our midst. In the hardest of times that they were living through, God was in their midst. 
And they understood that in this part of John's gospel as the living bread from heaven. And yes, that's in the bread that they shared as they gathered, but in other ways as well. Um, just before I talk about that, one of the really interesting things about John is when he, so John 6 is his Eucharistic teaching. There is no, there is no Lord's Supper in the last, last Supper. He washes his disciples' feet and he speaks and he prays, but there's no Lord's Supper. This is as close to a Lord's Supper as you get in John's gospel. And he doesn't set it at the Last Supper and he doesn't talk about the crucifixion. He talks about, wait, the springboard is the feeding of the 5,000 men plus women and children in the wilderness. And he does that as a reinterpretation of Moses and God feeding the people of God in the wilderness. So in essence, it's a wilderness story and how God feeds the people of God in the wilderness. John's community felt like they were in the wilderness. And I wonder in what ways we feel like we're in the wilderness as individuals or maybe as a church. I think it's a really interesting metaphor. And I think it's one that we need to kind of go back to and think about. But anyway, moving on. How are we fed by the living bread? Well, in communion, uh, which isn't particularly helpful this Sunday because we can't have communion, but we did talk about this as, uh, as a church a couple of weeks ago. And we talked about all the other ways that we are fed by the living bread. And so some of, we, some of us talked about how we are fed by the living bread in the care that we offer and receive from each other. And in the care we offer and receive from others outside our church. So I want you to kind of take note of that as you offer that care as disciples, as you receive that care, to note how you are being fed by the living bread. But some of us also talked about how we are fed by the living bread in our holy places. And for many of you, your garden was your holy place. You went to your gardens to be fed. And for others of us, it's other places. Certainly for me, it's on the beach. So during this time, it, there's an opportunity for us to, to actually deliberately spend time in those holy places, to spend time being fed by the living bread in the places that give us life. And others of us talked about how we are fed by the living bread in the times that we stop for prayer, for reading the Bible, and in silence. And one of the prayers that we pray in our prayer time is the Lord's Prayer. And I think the Lord's Prayer is really about how we are fed by the living bread. Today, in a moment, we're going to use the alternative form from night prayer, where we pray that God's commonwealth of peace and freedom will sustain our hope and come on earth. That is a prayer we need for today. And much of that prayer is about being fed and sustained by the living bread. We will pray with the bread we need for today, feed us. And that's clearly about the living bread. And it's also about just the bread we need for today and the hope that there actually will be bread in the supermarket or flour to make bread, if that's how you go. And for some of us, good luck with that. But it goes on to say, and I think this is about being sustained by the living bread as well. 
and the hurts we absorb from one another forgive us. In the times of temptation and test, strengthen us. From trials too great to endure, spare us. From the grip of all that is evil, free us. For you reign in the glory of the power that is love. So during this time, no matter how long this time lasts, I invite you to be fed by the living bread in the care that you offer and receive from each other and in the times that you spend in your holy places and in the times that you spend in prayer, especially praying the Lord's Prayer. And I pray that these words will shape how we as how we are disciples during this time. And as you pray these prayers, as you pray this prayer, that you will give thanks for the ways that you are being fed. Amen.